that came down to two or three things that were really important to me. One of those being like, you know, is what this company's doing and what, you know, I'm going to be doing for this company every day. Does that get me excited every day to go do that? You know, you have ups and downs, but generally do I look forward to going to doing that every day? And then two, what are the people that I'm going to be doing that with both the peers I work with, the people I report to, what are their values? What are they about? This is the Job Stories Podcast, how people find work that matters. Kyle, if you don't mind, we'll just have you introduce yourself and then talk to us about the current position and job that you have now. Yeah, Kyle Duke. Uh, I'm currently the Chief Information Officer for Evidence Care, uh, which I've been with Evidence Care. It will be a year um, here in a week. So uh, awesome. coming up on my one year anniversary and um, became part of Evidence Care when Evidence Care acquired healthcare value analytics that I was president of, um, last year. Cool. That's awesome. Um, Kyle, I, I know cause you and I've had coffee and we've talked a little bit, but kind of remind me and tell the, tell the folks that might be listening to this kind of how to get started for you. you. You can even go all the way back to like kind of your, where it started in college. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I went to college, um, I was an athlete in college, so that was kind of why I went to college. And uh, what you I play? Had to get an I played football at Maryville College. Cool. And um, I had to get an education while I was there. Um, had no clue what I wanted to do in life. Um, and um, my last semester of high school, um, and this was, you know, this was early '90s. Um, computers were just barely. I mean, we had like a computer lab in our high school, there was no such thing as internet, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of sitting on a computer connected to nothing. Mm-hmm. But I took a computer class cause I needed the hours and, um, I actually did pretty well in the class. And, uh, the, the lady that taught the class gave me the senior medal for computer science, had no idea what computer science was. <laughs> and, um, and she said, this is going to be a huge field. When you go to college, you should, you should major in computer science. Mm-hmm. I got to college. I had n- Oh, no thoughts about majoring in computer science. <laughs> I was going to coach and, uh, you know, as an athlete, I was going to coach. I was going to do the coaching thing. Um, so I started out in that and, and quickly figured out that I didn't want to be a teacher. Uh, I like the idea of coaching. I didn't like the idea of having to teach to be a coach. So I was like, man, I got to find something to do in my life. So I was like, well, I want to give this computer science thing a try. And uh, so ended up majoring in computer science, um, graduated, uh, ended up with a job here in Nashville and moved moved here straight out of college to work with a a company that was doing, they were building networks for companies. And, um, you know, being in Nashville, we had a lot of healthcare clients, but we also like FedEx was a big client. So I spent a lot of time working for FedEx, building infrastructure networks, that sort of thing. And as I kind of grew there, got ready for the next thing, I jumped over to a client that was a company called, uh, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name, the, the company I went with. Um, I jumped over to um, H, uh, Meridian Healthcare, sorry. And um, that was my first kind of jaunt into healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, did a lot of great things there. 
uh, spent four years kind of moving my way up the chain. You know, I ran data center. Um, I ran some applications. I did a lot of networking. Like I touched like everything you could from like a technology perspective. Had a great group of folks I was working with, but really started to get interested in the business of healthcare there. And, you know, being in Nashville, I knew career-wise that would be a good spot to be. There would always be opportunities with all the healthcare here. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was a great four years of experience doing a lot of things. Um, and what I started to gravitate to was less of the hands-on technical work and more um, of the leadership roles and the management roles, if you will. And so decided along the way there that, you know, an MBA would, would be something to help me kind of, you know, continue to move in that direction. So I went through an MBA program at Lipscomb, uh, great experience, really gave me a whole another set of skills, if you will. Um, and, and then my wife at the end of that decided, uh, that she was going to get her PhD. So my career took a little left turn and, uh, ended up in Oxford, Mississippi, while she was working on her PhD and um, figured I would take advantage of being there. Um, so I went through the accounting program at Ole Miss and passed the CPA exam. Um, and then we, we moved back here after all that was over. And so now I've got, you know, a pretty good start and some experience in technology, a pretty good start and some experience in healthcare. I've learned a lot about that. I've got this kind of bag of skills between technical skills and, uh, you know, what I learned through the MBA. And uh, now I've got accounting and finance. And, and so I've kind of built this whole tool bag of, of skills. And I'm trying to figure out how to go deploy that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I worked for an accounting firm uh, for a year. Um, I worked for a startup that uh, was doing some healthcare finance stuff using technology to, to create this healthcare finance uh, mechanism between banks and, and healthcare providers in 2008, which was interesting. Hmm. Um, the economy tanked in 2008 and the, the startup we started tanked. And so then I kind of found myself figuring out what to do next. Hmm. Um, I ended up at HealthSpring and the CIO there, Andy Flat, phenomenal guy. And, uh, you know, one of the big mentors in my career along the way, um, the first day on the job, I sat in Andy's office and we were having a conversation and he said, you know, what do you want to do? You know, you're, you're coming to work for us. Um, want your time here to be valuable. So let's talk about what you ultimately want to do. And, um, you know, you can help us with your skills and we can help you kind of achieve what you want to achieve. And so I said, well, I want to take your seat. I want to be a CIO. That's what I want to do. And um, he said, "Okay, I love it. Hmm. So let's let's figure out how to make that happen. So I spent six years working with Andy and he was phenomenal in making sure that I got to experience a lot of different things. some things I was good at, some things not so good at, mm-hmm. but you know, all that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to the you know end of that six-year period. Hellspring had been acquired by Cigna. We had gone from kind of a 
later stage startup sort of filling environment to a company that grew really fast and became a big company to a company that was bought by a huge company, mm. a lot of changes. I've gotten a lot of different experience and, um, you know, I had an opportunity to take a CIO role, uh, with the state of Tennessee over their Medicaid program. Mm. And, um, you know, Andy being the mentor he was, there were two or three opportunities that came up about the same time. And, you know, I would sit down and talk to him about them and that's kind of the, the leader he was. And, um, he's like, yeah, let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the pros and cons. And, you know, when the right role came available, he's like, yep, you're ready. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done all these things to get you ready. This is going to be a great, you know, opportunity for you to, to step in and be in a CIO role and learn and lead. And, um, yeah, you know, and so with his blessing, I, I kind of jumped over and did that and, um, was a phenomenal experience there. Um, found myself leading this huge organization. There was almost 600 IT employees, if you will, uh, between our state employees and then a huge contract we had with a partner that supplied us with a lot of different um, skill sets to help sort of fill out the organization. Um, You know, learned a ton Mm. uh, and uh, definitely learned that um, there's a lot of politics in big organizations and there's definitely a lot of politics in a state organization <laughs> and um, learn kind of how to deal with those, but just really wasn't exactly fulfilling what, what I really wanted to do. Um, and, uh, and so I, I kind of went through a, a process with a buddy of mine um, and um he, he had this process that he would take people to. He does some career coaching and we, we went in his office and he got on the whiteboard and he said, all right, let's, let's design. If you could design the, the, you know, the most perfect job ever, let's design it. Let's start mm-hmm. writing it on the board. Let's get at least 30 things on here. Let's get the, the industry it's in. Let's get the salary you're going to make. Mm-hmm. Let's get, you know, are you going to have equity what are the people like you work with? How big is the company? Like everything we can think of, let's list it out and let's create the perfect job. And so we spent some time doing that. And then um, he said, let's, uh, I'm going to hand you the marker. And so we had, you know, 25, 30 things up there. He said, I need you to mark five things off the board. Hmm. So I mark five. And then he said, I need you to mark five more things off the board. Hmm. And basically we got down, I think we left three things on the board, but what that exercise did for me was show me that um, a lot of the things I thought were going to be important to me, like I need to make a ton of money and, um, you know, the company has to be this big and all of these things that you think, and I really thought about it and I had to make choices. It came down to two or three things that were really important to me. One of those being like, you know, is what this company's doing and what, you know, I'm going to be doing for this company every day. Does that get me excited every day to go do that? You know, you have ups and downs, but generally do I look forward to going to doing that every day? Hmm. And then two, what are the people that I'm going to be doing that with both the peers I work with, the people I report to, what are their values? What are they about? 
Um, what is the company about? And that the, the things that stood out that were most important rather than, you know, I need to be CIO of this huge organization. I need to, to have this much money mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And so from there, um, a buddy of mine had started uh, a startup a few years before, and I had kind of been in some advisory roles with them, a company called Patient Focus. And they had, they had had a little growth spurt and they had all kinds of growing pains, both from a technology perspective, but also operations and sales and just all parts of the company. And so I jumped over to that because it kind of checked those boxes. You know, I was excited about what they were doing. I was excited about what they needed me to help with. It was a great group of people. The, the leadership team was, uh, you know, our values aligned. And, and spent four years there. Um, really, we just kind of transformed that company um, from an idea that had a little bit of success to a company that could really go scale and, mm. and grow in the market. And, you know, I just absolutely loved doing that. Um, learned a lot. And uh, the biggest thing I learned was kind of smaller growing scaling companies where you know i can take my skill set of technology and leadership and you know finance and all of these different things i've learned along the way and apply them um kind of is what gets me up in the morning so you know from there we started healthcare value analytics now i'm at evidence care another mm -hmm. smaller but you know, quickly growing yeah. um, early stage company. And so that's really where I've kind of found my niche of uh, places where I feel like I can, you know, apply this broad skill set and, and be most effective. Yeah, that's awesome. There's a lot in there. My brain's going crazy. So this podcast ends up being a little bit too full. It's got kind of an entrepreneurial slash professional advice side. And there's a lot I've already heard from you that we want to get into. But also, you know, what we do in recruiting. So there's some stuff that may be helpful for candidates. But I want to jump back to 2008. So you had just taken, you've acquired all these skill sets and you had mm -hmm. just taken, what is a risk jumping into a startup, right? I mean, you had plenty of skill sets to probably go work for a big brand, but you ended up going to a startup, which was risky. And then it ended up kind of tanking. <laughs> so there's some adversity slapping you right in the face right there. Do you mind to go back to that point and talk a little bit about um, what became important for you and what you were thinking about in getting back into the job force after really kind of just um, hitting adversity? Yeah, you know, um, I, I really loved the time that I had at the startup, and uh, obviously the bug bit me because I've come back to it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Later but but it was, I mean, it's you know, I jumped in, and for the first few months we were, I mean, it was going awesome. We were crushing it, and it felt like you know I'd made the right decision, um, and then just things out of our control crushed right. it. So, yeah, you you, you kind of find yourself with this adversity, and what are you going to do? Um, I had two fairly young kids at home. Mm. Um, you know, I, I had all this responsibility. So it's like the first thing I, I knew is like, I need to find some stability for the moment. Mm. Um, and, and it needs to be stability where, you know, I can grow mm. where I can continue to grow. And that's, um, you know, really what drew me to HealthSpring. Again, Andy Flat. I'd known Andy a little bit before had obviously never worked for him, but, but knew of him and, and his reputation. So I was drawn um, really to the idea of going to work for somebody like him 
and the, the idea that that he might could mentor me, um, I, I could never have, you know, foreseen what a huge part of of my life he became and huge mentor he became to me. But the the idea of you know a company that seemed to be doing pretty well would give me some stability and opportunity, but also provide an opportunity for me to grow uh, and and kind of start you know working towards things I thought were important to me at the time. Um, that That's really, you know, why I made the decision to go there. And um, coming out of that adversity, it, it kind of checked all those boxes. Mm. And I'm wondering too, I don't mean to assume, but I'm wondering too, because you then fast forward to you were getting some career advice from your friend and y'all were working through like maybe some of the values that really actually mattered to you. And I'm almost yep. wondering if going through that ad, that high adversity time didn't sort of kind of help shape those values a little bit as you started working your way um, through different positions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. You kind of go back to those things that are kind of sharp. You know, we're, we're you know, it's it's iron that's been kind of hammered out into yeah. something, right? Yeah. And, uh, and you can try to get away from that stuff, but it comes back mm. uh, over time. You know, there have been times through my career – especially as I started having some success and, you know, getting roles with more responsibility and, and more leadership. Um, and, and not that this is all wrong, but there was a time, you know, early on where I chased really hard. Uh, I chased the dollar really hard mm-hmm. and I wanted that next, I wanted that next raise. I wanted that next paycheck. I wanted, I wanted to get to share in that, um, you know, and that stock plan and mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and that's important that, for different people, for different reasons. And at a time in my life, that was probably high up on my list. But as I've kind of matured and then went through the process I talked about, you know, I kind of realized that stuff's important, but it's not really what's driving me. Um, And I've been a lot happier when I was making decisions about where I wanted to plug into based on the other things, those other values, like you said, that probably got sharpened through some of that adversity I went through where, yeah, the people I work with are really important. Mm. Uh, yeah. you know, there's not enough money to pay me to go work with people I don't enjoy being around every day and people that I don't share values with. So, mm. uh, for sure, that's all kind of been, you know, it, it takes time and it's, you know, it's kind of forged out over time, but, but for sure through some of those adverse time, those things are, are kind of get formed and, and become your, your guiding points. Do you find that, because I know you talked about several people in your past that were kind of like your mentors. Mm -hmm. Have you tried to emulate them? Have you tried to be that mentor to people younger than you in the profession or just want to pivot or whatever? Have you found yourself trying to like emulate the behaviors that you valued so much in those couple people in your life? Yeah, hundred um, percent. And and part of the the time that I spent, you know, I keep talking about Andy because he just had I had six really yeah. impactful years, um, ups which, and downs. Yeah, <laughs> but but that time I was with him, you know, a lot of things I learned from him are things that I've tried to continue to do. Which is, you know, one of his principles has always been. Uh, surround yourself with good people that are smarter than you, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's really what makes you successful. I've always tried to do that. 
Andy was extremely involved in, you know, the Nashville Technology Council, the HIMSS organization, uh, all these things. He, you know, he he volunteered. He was on boards. He was active in those organizations. I did the same thing, and you know, um, I, I know he he sort of set me up to be uh, a, on the board of NTC and give back and become a mentor through one of their programs there. Uh, did the same thing with HIMSS. I'm actually doing my second stint on the HIMSS board now. Cool. Um, so, so yeah, I look for those opportunities to sort of do that um, and 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 try to have the same kind of influence on others. You know, he talked about that a lot. One of the things that was interesting about Andy, um, especially as we're talking talking and thinking about talent and uh, just you know how crazy it is in the talent market right now, and you know people moving everywhere and um, taking different jobs and all that. And, you know, a lot of companies and we do here, you know, we, you know, you, you build good talent and you want to retain those people. And we talk about it a lot and we do a lot of things to try to, you know, figure out how we keep talent here. And Andy did that too, but he had a different view of things that, that I've tried to maintain too, which is if I'm doing a good job developing people, which he saw as CIO, he probably saw that as his number one job. Hmm is building this team and developing this team so that they can deliver for the organization. Um, he said, you know, if, if I'm doing the right thing and building the right organization here and really developing these people, they're going to become very valuable and they're going to take opportunities. Mm -hmm. and, the, and I can't provide all those opportunities here for everybody to be the CIO, right? Mm -hmm. So he always looked at it as a success when, People would come in the organization, spend a few years, work really hard, grow themselves, and get an opportunity to go to another company here in town. He looked at that as a success and not a threat, mm. that people who were coming out of his organization were growing and going other places because he felt like that, you know, that benefited the whole community and that, you know, wherever he was trying to build a team, he would benefit from that, um, uh, you know, when it kind of makes a complete circle. So that's that was an interesting concept uh, that he had at looking at kind of building and developing talent. And I've always tried to keep that in mind that, you know, when you get in these leadership roles, job number one is, is that group of people and, and giving them the best opportunities they can um, for themselves, which will then serve, you know, your organization. And I think that awareness, I love that Kyle. And I think that awareness only will only help to speaking to maybe new talent coming in and then recognizing that that's who y'all are as leaders. Like I would let, like you'd let, who wouldn't want to work for somebody that's going to help me develop and then cheer me on to the next place. So on the right. candidate side, it's, I think it's, it's really beautiful too, to think of it that way. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm seeing like a revolving wheel. It it takes it might take a lot longer to get back to you, but I'm sure you'll see mm. over 10, 15, 20 years of your career that the people that you've given back to, it always ends up coming back mm. around to you, either mm. in the form of them coming back to work for you or maybe their nephew or somebody they're connected to. Mm. It's just it. it is a much longer play, I think, being so giving of yourself, but I think it will end up working out for you. Have you yeah. seen that start to play out or? Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, Nashville, 
the community we have here, especially the tech community and the, and that, and if you get, you know, even further into the health tech community, right. um, it's ultimately a, a really small group, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows everybody, you know, you can go to any healthcare company here in town and, and start talking to the tech folks and you're going to find people you've worked with. And you know, I mean, you know, it's easy to connect the dots. So um, a community that kind of works like Nashville through relationships, uh, I mean, it, it definitely comes back around, whether that be, you know, through, like you said, you know, people come back and work for you again, or are people they trained at their organization right. come back mm-hmm. to work for you? Um, and, you know, it, it kind of benefits the whole ecosystem. Um, the, the more people you have that sort of take that approach, I think. And, you know, and where talent is is scarce and uh, competition is high, like we're seeing right now, mm-hmm. you know, here in Nashville, I think it benefits not only the organizations, but it benefits the, you know, potential candidates out there if we build an ecosystem where a lot of us as leaders sort of take that attitude about it rather than, you know, try to build these fences and hedges around people and, and kind of hoard them all to ourselves. If we think about it like an, an ecosystem where we're all benefiting and we're all, you know, you know, a rising tide is raising all ships, then mm-hmm. then I think it's a pretty healthy ecosystem. I definitely think there there has to be um I don't really know the word for it, but there there has to be some like competition. Like I'm sure Evidence Care has a couple competitors that you want to beat out, but you also yep. can't like hoard your talent mm-hmm. in fear of them going somewhere else because they just, I think in today's market, what we're seeing is people just have options. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of options. And so Mm -hmm. like, if you tried to hold them in, I don't, I I think it's like that movie. um, If you light a firecracker in somebody's closed fist, they're going to open it. Uh, I think it's an Armageddon. dude. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, I kind of think of the same way. Yeah. I think, um, like, whether you like it or not, they have options. Yeah. And so, like, what are you going to do when the talent is under your um, reign? Mm-hmm. And how can you grow them mm-hmm. to yeah. help benefit your Yeah, and, and thinking about it also, you know, in terms of, um, you know, you go back a couple of generations ago, you know, most people went to work somewhere and, you know, they may change you know, jobs, if you will, employers, you know, they may never, they may work the same place their entire career or, uh, you know, once or twice in their career. My dad worked uh, the same for the same boss the whole time. His his boss died. That's why he got another boss. I mean, like he he was entrenched. And and that's not the world we live in now. So, So how do you reframe the way you think about that as far as, you know, your team and the talent you have, knowing that we're all entering into, compared to that, relatively short-term contracts, right? We're all going to change a lot. So when you kind of enter into this contract, if you will, with talent that you're bringing on, (laughs) why not just acknowledge that up front and say, hey, you know, we're going to enter into this, this contract um, you've got a set of skills that are going to be really valuable for us in the short go here. I want to understand what we can do to help you also further your career. 
it'll be mutually beneficial. And then at some point it'll make sense for you to go do the next thing and for us to bring in the next person. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and um, if you kind of just, you know, understand that on the, on the front end, I think it makes it a better experience for, for both the company and the the folks you're bringing on. Right. I mean, if, if we created these things where, you know, we all joined a company and, and did it for 20 years, That'd be one thing, but it's just not reality. So we know we know they're shorter term contracts. So let's figure out how to make it mutually beneficial for everybody in the short term. Oh, that's your spot on. This has been awesome. Um, we're kind of we try to keep it around thirty minutes. Um, so I'm going to kind of close with a couple more questions. But I'm already considering this installment one of a few. If that's okay with you, we're going to have to have you <laughs> yeah, back because yeah. it's been great. There's so, so many nuggets in here. But I, I wanted to ask you what's next. This can be for evidence care, how you your path with evidence care, or even personally, like what what's kind of next for Kyle? What's what are you, what are your what are your goals? Where are you looking forward? Yeah. So in the immediate future, I mean, I feel like I'm on a rocket ship here at Evidence Care. <laughs> uh, since we combined the companies early last year, the second half of the year last year, we were on fire. I mean, it was. Yeah. It was amazing. We were closing deals. We're doing implementations, and that has continued this year. So uh, cool. I feel extremely fortunate to be here right now. Um, you know, those things that are important to me, as far as like that team mm. of folks. Uh, I've hit a home run here. Bo Bartholomew's our CEO yeah. has built a great culture here. So for the short go, I'm loving life. We're we're crushing it, and uh, you mm. know. Um, for the short term, I feel like we're going to be very successful. Um, looking at a little longer, I don't know. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I are starting to have these conversations because we just sent our first kid to college mm-hmm. and our second kid is in high school and we can kind of see the end of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're starting to see that what empty nest is going to look like. Yeah. And, you know, we're having that conversation now, like when the kids are gone and we, we have, you know, we're not at, a basketball game or football game, like every night of the week. Yeah. Um, are we going to be at the point where we really like, okay, now we're really going to pour ourselves back into work. Mm. Are we going to be at the point where we're like, man, I, I need to take a break here. Yeah. Uh, let's just take a breath and figure out what's next. So yeah, I don't know. That's, that's something we're grappling with at the moment. Um, so what you're saying is y'all have an update on your computers set for <laughs> Zillow in Athens, Georgia. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's exactly right. Go Bulldogs. There you huh? go. Uh, there you it. go. Hey, Kyle, where, um, we always like to ask guests to, you can also say nowhere if you want, but we'd like people to come find you if you're okay with that. So where's a good place for people if they have questions or just want to reach out or get to know you? How can they find you? Twitter, LinkedIn, it doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm on all the I'm on all the options, right? Uh, you, you can you can go to the uh, evidence care webpage and look at the leadership team. Um, I'm on there. I think I think they've put links to our social medias and stuff. But cool. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on you know Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect to me through all those any or all those means. Uh, I love connecting with people. Um, you know, love finding ways that, uh, to build relationships with people, especially when they're mutually beneficial. I appreciate you, man. This has been awesome. Thanks for your time, Kyle. And, uh, I got to hit you up. We got to get some more coffee again sometime soon. So we'll find something. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thanks. Take care.